Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Hope you're all well. On this glorious Sunday evening, it's been a fantastic weekend for Cork. It's been a fantastic weekend, the weather as well. But more so from a Cork perspective, the hurlers into the uh, the uh, National League final and the footballers securing their Division 2 status. So it's been a good weekend for the Rebels. More to come on that on the show this evening. Also coming up between now and 6pm, we are going to look back on Ireland's defeat to Wales yesterday in the opening round of the Women's Six Nations. Going to hear from, from Ireland international Fiona Hayes. We're going to talk to Tommy Hyde, the young Cork boxer, who is going to turn professional in Cork next week and reactions well from Warnabi as they clinch the ladies under 21 football championship title this afternoon all that and more to come on the big red bench are you folks? Rory here with you until 7pm this evening if you hear me randomly screaming in agonising pain, I've got a toothache today but I'm braving it out because yeah, that's all I have to do sore lads it's very very sore but uh, we'll get try and get through the next hour without me screaming in agonising pain but yeah we'll see how we get on so if you want to get in touch with us on the show 0868104106 send us your texts and your uh, whatsapps into us and as I say plenty to discuss on the show this evening we'll be talking to uh, GA journalist John O'Shea in just a bit about Cork's uh, win over Offaly today that sees them stay up in the Alliance National League Division 2 121 to 120 was how it finished the Rebels finished very strongly to secure their Division 2 status it was uh, a great game of football I mean like there was what 43 scores in that game open stuff end to end stuff Cork just seeing it out in the end and they have secured their Division 2 status and interestingly they're going to be facing Dublin in Division 2 next year the Dubs beaten by Monaghan this afternoon and uh, it is the Ulster side it's their victory over the dubs that has sent them down to the second tier. Going to go to full time report on that. Stephen Doyle was watching at Clonus. Monaghan 3.13, Dublin 118, the full time score at St. Tiernox Park. Monaghan forward Jack McCarron, the hero today, scoring a free under pressure with the last kick of the game. He's kept a Farney man in Allianz League Division 1 and relegated Dublin for the first time since 1984. The Dubs trail for the whole match and in injury time drew level after a Dean Rock free and a penalty which closed the four-point gap and gave his team the chance they never looked like getting throughout the game. Monaghan forward Sean Jones making his first league start was a live wire in the first half and in the 10th minute scored the only goal of that half after dribbling through the Dublin defence and tucking the ball under Michael Shield. Three frees from Dean Rock had Dublin hanging on for dear life as they trailed 1-7 to 8 points at half-time. If anything, Monaghan got better in the second half as both teams went down to 14 men with Monaghan skipper Ryan Wiley getting a yellow and black and Dublin midfielder James McCarthy getting his second yellow. Dublin never got going and struggled to contain McCarran and Gary Mowen in the game. McCarran scoring a penalty and a goal from play and then that crucial free with the last kick of the match. Incredible scenes here in Clonus as all the supporters came out onto the pitch to say praise their heroes after what has been an incredible 70 minutes from the Monaghan men. Monaghan will play Division 1 football next year. Dublin down to Division 2. The final score here at Clonus was Monaghan 3-13, Dublin 1-18.
What a result that is. Dublin are done. We're going to hear from their boss in a little bit as you Farrell on that defeat today. Uh, elsewhere, Kildare joined the Dubs in Division 2 next season after suffering a 220 to 18 point loss to Mayo this afternoon. Uh, that win for James Horn's men puts them into the league final against Kerry. Uh, the Kingdom were beaten by All-Ireland champs Tyrone today. Tyrone 115, Kerry 115, finished Donegal 114, Armagh 113. Ross Common and Galway promoted from Division 2. The Rossies beating their Connacht neighbours 122-115 Elsewhere Down also been relegated from Division 2 they've been beaten by Clare 214-19 Elsewhere finished Meath 2-11 Derry 116 In Division 3 Limerick and Louth have been promoted after wins over Fermanagh and Wicklow respectively The Garden County relegated to Division 4 alongside Leash who were beaten 217-113 Waterford will play Cork in the Alliance National Hurling League final that's after uh, Waterford beat Wexford today we'll get a report on that in just a sec but it's just been confirmed that the uh, league final will take place next Saturday evening 7.15 start in Simple Stadium so that will be Cork versus Waterford in the Alliance National Hurling League Division 1 final and that will be um, in uh, Simple Stadium uh, coming up uh, next Saturday evening but for a report on Waterford's win over Wexford today a big win 19 points in the end we're going to hear from Stephen Gleeson in Nolan Park Waterford were 19 point winners over Wexford this afternoon in YPMC Nolan Park here it was a display from Waterford that was blistering right from the off here an early goal on four and a half minutes fired to the back of the net by Austin Gleeson who led with intent as Waterford cruised through the gears and then Desi Hutchinson played through Ozzie Gleeson on 20 minutes to make it 2-4 to 7 points. The next 10 minutes saw Waterford absolutely dominate the game with Desi Hutchinson firing in another goal to leave it 3-9 to 7 points on 30 minutes. And from there, they held that advantage up until halftime going in 3-9 to 10 points clear. In the second half, it was more of the same from Waterford. Desi Hutchinson firing on all cylinders. Austin Gleeson too and tied the Burka at number six but in the second half it was Jack Prendergast who got the goal that put them on their way and then another one from Shane Bennett on 62 minutes left at 5.16 to 15 points a late red card for Austin Gleeson in this game we'll see him miss the league final against Cork but uh, Wexford for them it is the Leinster Championship they have to look forward to next Rory O'Connor one of their scorers in chief today and also Damien Reck popping up with a score as well as Oshin Pepper up top alongside Charlie McGuckian but it's Waterford's day convincing winners here 19 point winners in fact it's Waterford who progressed to the final 5 goals and 20 points to 16 points that is a scoreline and a half, isn't it? 5 20 to 16. Austin Gleason scoring 2 3 of that. But he's going to miss that decider next weekend against Cork after receiving uh, that red card today. But how good were Cork last night? Really enjoyable stuff watching that game in Parky Cueve last night in front of a big crowd. And it should be a big crowd in Semple Stadium for next Saturday evening's final. Uh, elsewhere today in rugby and France, running their TikTok Six Nations uh, campaign with a win today. They dominated Italy to come away with a 39 points to 6. Bonus point victory. Got the semi-finals of the WGC World Match player underway. Scotty Scheffler leading Dustin Johnson by four. That's after 12 holes. Kevin Kisner, Corey Connors are level through 11. If Scheffler wins the tournament, he could become uh, the world number one uh, with uh, victory. Elsewhere today in basketball, it's going to be an all-Cork final in the Champions Trophy. The address CCC Glanmire maintaining their push for the treble beating DCU Mercy in today's semi-final at the Maradick Arena. 76-66. Singleton Supervisor Bernal Mimals 
saw off the WT Waterford Wildcats in a scoreline of 78 to 75 at Parochial Hall. So the sides will go head to head in next weekend's final. And motorsports just underway in the uh, Saudi Arabia Grand Prix. Red Bulls Sergio Perez starting on pole position there. All right, we're going to hear a bit from Kieran Kingston. We're going to talk to GA journalist John O'Shea uh, about uh, Cork's win over Offaly today and indeed uh, Cork's win last night uh, over Kilkenny that put them into the Allianz League final. First up, going to hear a bit of Cork boss Kieran Kingston. Time of the year, you're always going to need your t- use your 20 players, and, and we found that tonight fresh legs coming in are hugely, hugely important. You know, after 45, 50 minutes in, in that intensity against a team like that, um, you, need, you, need, uh, you need fresh legs. We made a point during the week that good competitive games are worth anything and we have another one now next weekend in the league final. It's probably the ideal preparation for the championship. Yeah, look, last spoken about um, league versus championship and, and um, should managers were to do or whatever, but this is a different season. This is certainly my first time involved in a league campaign where you have a round-robin championship two weeks after the, the final. And um, if you weren't involved in, in the league, you'd be looking for challenge games. Uh, and you'll be trying to replicate games like this in training so from our point of view we set out to start of the league that every game was going to be treated in its own merits we try and be as competitive as we can try and use the squad as best we could give game time and get some experience into some of the younger lads and see where it took us and look we're delighted that, um, that we're here tonight but obviously knowing that that's, um, there's a massive game to be played again next weekend they did like there's a huge crowd tonight and as I said lovely night for hurling in our own stadium and I think that was very important we, again we spoke about that there's a big occasion for Cork hurling we only had two league games at home this year um, because of the um, championship to round robin we've only one game as our first game as the only game at home so tonight was an added advantage or I suppose uh, an, un, an unexpected extra game for us at home in our own stadium and for the people of Cork and the supporters and the kids to come down and support the team uh, in the first half, uh, Patrick Horgan popped over quite a lot of points. Kenny were doing a lot of fouling. Maybe Brian would have been happy with some of the decisions. But that was important in the first half with Kenny were going well, the points you were getting from Freeze. Yeah, it was. Like, I'm not, I don't know what, obviously, how old Brian was feeling about it, but uh, we were happy to be getting them. And I suppose, look, we were running at, trying to run at them as much as we could. Um, if you run at teams like that, and you, you, you're, you're, going to, you're going to draw the freeze. And, and uh, there's a few I thought we could have got as well we didn't get, you know. But uh, that's always going to happen, and there's swings and rounds about with those. Yeah, you made some hard calls in the game there, taking off Patrick Harbin and taking off Shane. Uh, I mean, they were they were big calls, but it, you did say the bombs go. You really have faith in in your squad at this stage, and that's a big factor coming into the championship. Yeah, I think that's important. I mean, look, you, you've, there's no one guaranteed guaranteed their place, and there's no one um, that's untouchable, so to speak. And and uh, that's in, and that's important for our squad. But like when you play a competitive game like that, and you play it for 45, 50 minutes or fifty five, you're always going to. Um, um, uh, have challenges coming down the stretch and we have a good squad we believe in the squad we believe in the character of the squad we believe in the competitive, competitive uh, nature of our squad and uh, it's important that they have players that have to come in and, at the end of the game and finally assess Kilkenny after that they now go off to the Leinster campaign you of course have a league but you have a monster campaign so it might be a little while before you meet again if you meet again assess Kilkenny after this evening I mean, I don't think, don't think it's up to me to assess Kilkenny. I think, uh, I think Brian Cody will do that, uh, he'll do that himself. Uh, I, I have enough problems trying to assess Cork. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, well, obviously, Kilkenny gave a fair performance there for the course of the game. super team. Jeez, like, it's well documented, well known. I mean, they're actually league and their performance and the success in this league. Uh, we haven't won in 24 years, so like, who might talk about um, the Brian Cody about Kilkenny or any leagues? Um, but like from our, we're only focusing on ourselves, focusing on our own performance, trying to get our team right, trying to get our squad right, and um, and be as good as we can be every day we go out. 
All right, delighted to be joined by our good friend John O'Shea to discuss uh, what has been uh, an incredible weekend for Cork, um, a great weekend for Cork. Um, John, we might just start with the footballers and that 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 win over Offaly today was end to end stuff. It was breakneck stuff by the end, and just Cork just about seeing it through, and it just shows, I suppose, the heart and determination that's uh, in this Cork team. Oh yeah, well those. You know, it was. I suppose it was all during the week as well. It was dubbed. I suppose as like a, a relegation playoff, and that's that's what it was. And the cop knew they had to go up there and get a result, and they duly delivered. And so, whether I suppose no matter about the performance and this that and the other, so they they went up and they got the job done. And so I suppose it's it's done and dusted now. And it was all survival, and they've they've achieved that. So I suppose no, it's just. Cork, it gives, I suppose, they, could, they can kind of, the rebuild and under Rickon and John Cleary and company there. So, you know, they, I suppose it's much better for those young lads as well to be doing that, I suppose, in, with, with a view to the league next year, playing Division 2 football in terms of the games and the calibre of opposition. Because even they're only playing even Dublin next year, given how the results went in some of the other games today as well, which is evil to, to think, I suppose, given, given Dublin were um, the last couple of years in Ireland. But, uh, yeah, but I think definitely it's just uh, the pressure, and even going into the, the Kerry game, maybe it's it's the pressure's off a little bit now because if they had lost today, they'd be going to the Kerry game like knowing they have to win it to get into the All Ireland. So I saw it's going out the pressure's off, and that Kerry game now in the championship is essentially a free hit for them, and so they, it's good that the pressure's off and they can go on with the rebuilding job at hand. Yeah, certainly, and Keith Rickon has mentioned quite a lot, John, about the rebuilding job that he has to do and that he needs time to, to get everyone up to speed and 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 get everyone playing, uh, 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 singing off the same hymn sheet, I guess. But if they were relegated, there would have been an awful lot of pressure on him, I think, um, if Cork had lost today. Yeah, I think so. And even even at this early stage as well, I know often there are things that you'd rebuild you know, in terms of a process that sometimes the process has to take place before you start seeing the results but I think you know it would intensify I think definitely from the wider public being down like a necessary Division 3 because even if you see some of the Division 3 it's probably it's probably not necessarily the easiest divisions to get up to get, mm. to get back up either because there are teams that are progressing and quite up and on as well like, so even the Limerick are a good example of that I think they're, they're promoted today as well they've, they've made some great progress in the last couple of years and now they're, they're playing in Division 2 Along with Cork next year as well, but you know, I think that it was always going to take a bit of time with the amount of young lads that Keith has introduced into the into the senior fold this year as well. Was it, I think he had somewhere like was it fifteen debutants? I think he's after giving in the league so far. But you, know, you could see that there is bones of him, like even like Cahill Man, you know, today um, he like he took his goal very well in the first half. So he, he looks a good good up and coming player for Cork in the next couple of years. And even like the Bears continued, like Stephen Sherlock is always a reliable man for a couple of points and he, he took a few very good scores today I think he got nine points in total um, over the afternoon and the, Ian McGuire is a, a, a good leader in, in the midfield and like Brian Hurley did well enough today as well I thought um, up front he got a couple of points so like, there's definitely it was always going to, to I suppose take time in terms of the, in that rebuild because there's so many kind of guys coming in so even I was looking I was reading because, um, had Patrick Kelly on in the examiner um, yesterday he was making the point when he came onto the cock panel like around 2007, 2008 with the likes of Daniel Goulding and Kieran Sheehan. So they had those experience. There was a good number of experienced lads that were in the panel at the time. Whereas mm-hmm. I suppose with Cork, there's there's so many young lads coming in at the one time. So it, it takes that time to to jump, I suppose the twenties up to seniors. So I think getting that win last week in Parky Queen and then going up into essentially the lines there. I suppose you could say today as well in, in Tullamore because it, it was a, it would have been a, it, it sounded like a pretty partisan even. Um, 
mostly kind of athlete support up with the game as well. So to go up into into Tullamore and to get the result, I think it'll do the it'll do the candle to the the squad no harm at all. And hopefully, you know they can um, they can build on this now and um, drive forward over the coming months. Yeah, looking forward to that Kerry game now in the Munster Championship should be a, a, a cracker uh, down in Porky Rin. But um, the hurlers last night, John, you were there uh, at the game for us last night for Corks Red FM, and I, it was just an incredible game of hurling. It was just end to end stuff, top class stuff, and Cork really turned it on when it mattered. Yeah, and it, I think definitely from a wider perspective at the championship as well. So if if, if that's a taster. If that game was a taster of things to come in the championship ahead, like we we're we're in for one cracking summer of hurling, that's for sure. But like it was real, you know, from from Cork as well. It was a, just that. So I think the first time they actually led the game was like the sixty third minutes. I think. Um, so I thought as well the, the character and the belief in in, in the, what they're doing. That uh, Kieran Kingston, the players, um, have have instilled and the, 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 I suppose the style of play that they've developed. That, they believe in what they were doing, and they they, they didn't panic. For that, they kept taking away, and you know it, it, it sort of had about their character as well to to to, to kind of drag it over the line, and then obviously that they they did turn around and obviously get, getting the result. It was a massive testament to them. But I think even a game like last night, what it showed as well, it shows like the the the, the strength of character and the belief in the group. I mean, if you look look back to last year and that that All Ireland final defeat to Limerick. But often, like you see in sports, like it was, I suppose, the manner and the way that teams get defeated. So sometimes those scars can last um, quite a while, especially when you look at the, I suppose, the manner in which Limerick won the, the final in Corp last year. But it seems to Cork seem to be a team that they've, you know, they, they've learned the lessons from from that day, and like they, they look, they look like they're, they're kind of coming back stronger this year. And um, from 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 the signs you see so far, like and based on what you're seeing from Cork, like they, it, you know, it's still March and it's still. That's what the championship hasn't even started yet, but though the signs are fairly encouraging that they could be a serious force in the in the championship this year. Yeah, certainly looking that way. But as you say, John, it is early days. It is only uh, March, so again, look, just can't get too carried away. But uh, Cork have been very impressive throughout this National League campaign. They are into uh, a final, and just even on the game last night, I just thought physically they matched up to Kilkenny very, very well and looked a stronger team. Yeah, and you know, that, that that strength and that, or that, that just was the strength and conditioning. That's something that's really been um, kind of apparent right across the league. Really, you know, the the legs and uh, the fitness levels, and you know, even the even in terms of the scores are clocking up as well. That's also kind of translates into that. Like if you go right across the the campaign, one twenty seven against Kilkenny last night, like two thirty, I think was the first game against Clare. So, and, and I mean that's that's what's another thing that's going to give them reason for encouragement and like the the preparation and the work they've done and the strength and conditioning side of things is translating into performances over the pitch. Like for the league now to the final, obviously Kilkenny they beat last night, and also in the league they've beaten Clare, Limerick, Galway, um, who've been rejuvenated under Henry Shefflin. Like they, you know, they've beaten some serious sides and probably sides that a lot of people could think would be among probably the the contenders for the championship this summer. So like they really are. Um, they really are kind of moving in the right direction, and like if you look as well, like the strength and depth in the in the squad is um, is really quite something to behold as well this year. Like, could you imagine a couple of years ago with the game in a melting pot? If, uh, if they take a player of the, the quality of Patrick Harden off, you'd be thinking, you know, um, it, it could be kind of blowing up for Cork. But like, you know, it was a really test that they'd bring on a guy like Jack O'Connor who can make an impact, and the the, 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 the impact that this this Cork subs can make. Like, I think he set the goal for for Darfitz Gibbon, who really was a who had a fantastic game last night and he really took his goal well with one of his trademark runs. But the overall point that it's not just the starting fifteen that looks in good nick. There's like their score, Alan Conley, 
took um, a good number, four points last night. He was very good. You know, there's there's plenty of options like Connolly Han as well back in the into the into the fall this year. Like he looks like a he's showing his quality and looks like he's going to be a big player for Cork um, over the coming months. But like the, it's not just the starting fifteen; like the, it's the depth and the squad is really there. Like Cork looked to have options that they can bring up from the bench to kind of to finish out a game. Like Tim O'Mahony came on as well; he made a big impact um, when he came on in the second half. And like Joe Connor Cahlan, Seamus Harnady, like these are serious players that to be bringing off from the from the subs bench. And so I think if Cork do have aspirations, and and, and I presume that's obvious that they do, like they're, they're going to have to have a. It's obviously the starting 15 but you need to have a strong squad like it, it's like the team that finishes game that wins in All-Ireland that's often kind of a saying and I, I think definitely Cork based on that front as well like they have the strength and depth and have options from the bench that, that that looks encouraging and I think that's going to be void as well um, as the championship progresses now into the summer months and it is all leading up to that Cork versus Limerick clash in Parky Cueve on the 17th of next month. In what will be a sold-out Parky Cueve, John, for a repeat of the All-Ireland final, we saw Cork in the league this year beating Limerick and, and looking very good in doing so, albeit an understrength Limerick, seat, uh, Limerick side. But that's going to be a blockbuster game on the park, John, isn't it? Yeah, so I, was, I was even thinking about just last night, just the, the buzz that was around Parky Cueve. Like um and like for, like for, and that, that must they must be said like just for, it, it felt like a championship game it was mm. and it was just unbelievable just the crowd that was there the, the buzz and even like the, the kids out in the pitch full time running around there was there was a real excitement and I just kind of think if this is a taster for a couple of weeks time like it's going to be an absolute humdinger of a, a and a cracking occasion um against Limerick um in the championship like and I think I know I think Limerick maybe whether you know maybe they were hoping to be peaky for the championship and whether. Could you read too much into Limerick's performance when Cork beat them that day? Well, that we'll wait and see. But I think based on, even with Limerick kind of peaking for the championship, I think there's enough signs, yes, from a Cork perspective and the way they're progressing, you know, to, to see that they, they'll, they'll, they'll be more than able to put up to Limerick. And it, 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 I can't wait for now. It, it, it really is set up for an absolute kind of, a, a, an absolute cracker and a belter of a contest. And so really, it's, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a special occasion. I think it, it probably will be a sort of Parky Cueve. So it's definitely one I think uh, I think the Cork public are going to be really looking forward to. And Cork will certainly go into a confidence, John, as well, won't they? Yeah, oh yeah, without well, 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 doubt. You know, um, like I said, like look with, with the league, they've they've the momentum they've built and like the teams that they that they they've been to, like right across the whole. I mean, the 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 strength, the running game is really kind of paying dividends for them, and like the scores right across the league, like you know, four twenty four yards against Athlone, like two nineteen against Limerick, they scored one twenty six against Galway and Parky Cueve. Um, two thirty against Clare the first in the first league game, and then one one twenty seven last night. They're they're rocking up some 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 fairly massive scores, and like the and it's it's got a, it's, it's all, like the forwards they're they're all chipping in. And there's there's plenty of attacking threats there, but then it, I suppose turn it into the back line as well. Um, you, should, you have to mention that I saw like Rob Downey had a very good game last night. You know, um, Mark Coleman, Kieran Joyce, like Damien Cahillan, um, and even like Tim O'Mahony who came on um, from the subs, like he, he he had a very good game like that. So, the, so it, it just seems like things are kind of really kind of um, mortaring along nicely, and Cork are like a team that they're kind of when the when the championship when the ball is thrown in, they're they're kind of revving and they're they're really ready to go. Excellent, John. Thanks for talking to us. Good week for Cork. Footballers securing their Division Two status and the hurlers into the league final. John, as always, a pleasure. Thanks for talking to us today, buddy. 
Oh, shit. Thanks, Maury. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been a really good weekend for Cork. That hurling game last night was just scintillating stuff from the Rebels. And then the footballers uh, getting it done when it mattered today, finishing very, very strongly uh, to secure their Division 2 status, where they will be joined by Dublin after their loss to Monaghan today. Uh, we're going to get the reaction of their manager, Desi Farrell, speaking to the Assemble Media after uh, their loss today. Um, I, I don't know, to be honest, I don't know, I didn't properly see it, but um, anyway, that's, that's that. How disappointing is relegation, I guess? Um, yeah, it's not, to be honest, that's not the most concerning thing. I think uh, our disappointment is mostly based around an inconsistent performance again you know we sort of put two two decent performances back to back now there's still work to do for sure um, but you would have thought we were on a decent enough trajectory at that point and then well, the second half was better there was we were flat in the first half and um, that's that's more disappointing I think in terms of quality of performance was obviously we're we're looking towards the summer at this point in time, you know. So. You think that maybe might be down to the fact that Monaghan, the Monaghan team, looked like they were really determined to stay up in Division One, and perhaps that bit of fight that they had in them, maybe kind of, I suppose, got them the result in the end. Yeah, well, look, they've they've been known to do that in the past, you know. So it's uh, uh, we knew the challenge, like it, we we weren't. Um, we weren't surprised by anything they threw at us, you know. Um, it was always going to be tough in Connors, but, you know, it was a good day for football. Uh, we had put two decent performances back to back, and it's um, we would have liked to had a, a string of performances, um, you know, heading into the championship. That would have been nice, so, you know. So there's obviously plenty for us to look at, you know. Yeah, and I know you'll have to analyse all that stuff, but as well, maybe look like the forwards found really hard to break Monon down at the back. Can you kind of put your finger on maybe why that happened today? Yeah, yeah I, I think we turned the ball over too much. Uh, there was some poor, poor execution at times, and, um, you know, it's still, it's still a big score. So in, in some ways, when you look at the scoreboard, the, um, you'd have to ask questions. Questions and how do we concede um, goals like we did? You know, so it's um, it's 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 front and back really. That uh, you know, there's plenty of food for thought and uh, plenty to look at for us over the coming weeks. You don't think the long term playing Division Two next year will affect Dublin? No, I, I wouldn't be worried about that per se. Obviously, you're disappointed. You know, you don't want to be relegated, but that that wasn't a focus for us. It was more about the consistency and performance. You know, we're trying to integrate some new players get them up to speed get some of the senior players re-energised again and, and you know get them at the pitch of it and uh, and start to build a game model that you're sort of comfortable with and um, you know so it's it's that's that's as I say the most disappointing aspect for us you know. More injuries there as well. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we haven't had a run of it now from that perspective. But look at uh, that's the game, and you have to take these things head on and be able to deal with them, you know. And uh, and Jay, we, we had to go to the bench early and go for two defenders early, which is pretty unusual. But um, but look at that's uh, we, we still got back into the game, and uh, I think um, you know and. Having got the penalty, you you would have felt it was an opportunity for us to kick on, um, and they're they're tight margins, you know. And big big kick out down the middle, it breaks one way, they get the free, they put it over, and that, that's it. It's done and dusted. You know? Probably probably had the momentum there, and then 
James's red card probably was a huge moment for you. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'd, I'd like to see that talking to him afterwards. He's, he's very, he's very annoyed. He got a red card, but uh, I, I don't know. Obviously, I, I don't know what the, the referee based the decision on. You know. How far off is is he in terms of? Of where he'll be at yeah, no, can't, we're, we're looking forward to having come back very soon. Yeah. As in, the next two weeks, will, will he be, would you be confident he'll be available come to start the championship? Yeah, he will. He will be available for sure, yeah. The big red bench on Cork, shall I finish Desi Farrell there, very uh, dejected sounded. Desi Farrell there after their relegation to Division uh, 2 of the Alliance National Football League, of course. Uh, they'll be facing Cork next year. Cork is staying up after that win over Offaly today. All right, uh, going to hear from Cork's opponents in the Alliance National Hurling League uh, Division 1 final. That is Waterford. Big win for them today over Wexford in the second semi final, setting up that semi final, or the second. Or the final I should say against Cork next Saturday evening I'm going to hear now from uh, Liam Cahill talking about Waterford's win Liam Cahill here and uh, Liam this result is huge for a convincing win yeah a great win Stephen delighted to get get to the final Um, great opportunity again now again next Sunday again um, Again, again, a Cork team that are, are flying high as well at the moment, so should should augur well for a great final. You were hitting the goals there with a plum, two from Austin Gleeson in the first half, one from Daisy Hutchinson, another couple in the second half, then from Prendergast and Bennett. Yeah, yeah, they, like they, they created them chances and, and they took them, um, and that's that's what you have to do when you create these chances. You have to put them away. Some days you do, some days they don't come off you, but. You know, you'll always be looking for them little openings to try and to try and go for the three pointer, which you know is vitally important when you're when you're in a, a competitive game and a competitive environment like Inter County Senior Hurling. You need to be putting your chances away. Uh, late red card for Austin Gleeson. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, disappointed. Obviously, not to finish the game with with 15 players. You know, it wasn't a dirty match. It wasn't. Um, you know, I, I suppose we'll have to look back at it and see, you know, how bad the incident is. And I'd like to think that to be a grounds for appeal. I hope when we, when we look at it. But um, uh, yeah, so look, John Keenan did a splendid job today. He's he is one of the top officials in the game. To be fair to the man, and like he had to act on whatever his umpire said to him. I'd imagine. So uh, we're just going to have to see how this fair outs for us, Stephen. But definitely, if there's grounds there for any sort of approval. Uh, um, we, we, we will look at it, you know. Talking to you earlier in the year, Liam, you made a point that silverware is important for a team. And uh, like you're in a national final now, I presume this is just massive for you to just see can you get that league title? Yeah, that's it, really. These players really need to, you know, they've put themselves in, in great positions over the last two years since, since we arrived here in Waterford and um, we've, we've fell short on both occasions uh, that we've played in. So, we're back in the national final again and you know the old saying goes if you keep knocking at the door eventually it'll open so hopefully uh, next Saturday or Sunday whenever this game uh, the league final is fixed for we'll be we'll be ready to go at it and do, do an utmost to try and try and win the, uh, the national league We saw Stephen Bennett starring earlier in the league where was he today or a couple of other big name players that didn't start Yeah we just a couple of injuries Stephen uh, little niggly injuries that that need a bit of watching and a bit of minding and um you know, the, the intensity that was out there tonight and even last night down in Parky Cueve, like you need to be 100% if you're going to going to be able to, 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 to talk in them environments. So we have this 
belief in, in Waterford unless you're 100% you won't play and thankfully we've stuck by that since, since I arrived here and uh, it, it's, it stood us in good stead that we have whatever chance you have like with, with 15 fit players on the field like um, that's vital you have to have 15 fit players to play so the body language of the players is good they're real positive they're going for scores running off the ball working like are you pleased with all that and uh, you know I suppose it's a good time of year for it yeah it is like the championship will be on us in no time now and you know we have a massive assignment with tip on Easter Sunday in Welsh Park that's that's you know no disrespect to the league that's, that's the biggest game we have coming um, and uh, you know the, 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 the monster that is Munster Championship hurling you have to be out of the traps you have to win your first game and if you don't the, the, the difficulty of winning a Munster Championship and qualifying for the All-Ireland just gets bigger so like that's our main objective we're going to go Sunday and give ourselves every chance of winning the league but we're, we're definitely going to try and make sure that we arrive as right as we can for for Easter Sunday and give ourselves uh, the chance of, of, of winning down there in Welsh Park so that's the plan but as you know Stephen the best laid plans don't ever work out yeah. sometimes don't work out <laughs> and this league has it been good for you overall Liam do you feel that you've discovered a couple of new, of new players there that are pushing for starting places because you seem to have just more players now at your disposal than you had maybe you know earlier on in the, in the year yeah it has the league has been good to us um, we've played a lot of players throughout the league a lot of young players we've done a good bit of experiment and some I suppose debutants got the opportunity on the back of their club farm um, also maybe on the back of other players being injured so it's, it's built a little a little bit of momentum and a little bit of confidence that if you you know if you come to training and you start putting in the work and you start preparing and buying into what we're doing we'll do, we'll do everything in our power as a management team to give you an opportunity to play and thankfully that, that has worked out for a lot of the players on the panel and it's a good complaint to have as a manager that you, you have a lot of um, players there putting their hand up for, for, to start and come into the 26 so happy enough with that Yeah back to Turles so next Saturday night and it is Cork on the horizon you know another good quality side yeah, a team that the league has served really well as well, and you know, built, they're building massive momentum down there after reaching the All Ireland last year. And uh, you see all their young players coming through from under 20 and 21 now, re- really bedding in and really coming to the fore. And, and uh, yeah, they, they, they look a real f- f- formidable outfit, and uh, like it's it's going to be a big ask for us next weekend. But look, that they're the quality of the teams you have to play and have to meet and we'll just see how it goes Promises to be a cracker next Saturday evening Cork and Waterford in the league final we just heard from Liam Cahill there after their big win over Wexford today Cork beating Kilkenny last night promises to be a great game next Saturday evening Right, still to come on the show we're going to hear from Moran Abbey as they win the uh, County Ladies Under 21 Football Championship title today going to hear from uh, former Ireland International Fiona Hayes on Ireland's defeat to Wales and we're going to hear from our Cork boxer Tommy Hyde as he prepares to turn professional next week The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm well, Thank you indeed for tuning in to The Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening we're here with you until 7pm and then Green on Red takes over for the best of Irish music from 7 to 10pm Don't forget wake up to Red Breakfast with Kira, Laura and the new man himself Rob Heffernan that's from tomorrow from 6am right here on Cork's Red FM We're going to talk uh, ladies football now Moran Abbey are the county under 21A football champions beating Glamour today 310 to 38 in MTU Stadium. Uh, Jeremy McCarthy was there. He spoke to Captain Ellie Jack.
I'm here with winning under 21A county champion from Moran Abbey, Ellie Jack Cork Senior as well. Ellie, congratulations. Oh, thanks, Mel Jay. It was a tough match, especially in this weather. Uh, it was very, very warm today, unseasonally warm. Fantastic pitch. Really tough opponent that she held scoreless for two quarters, but they really came back at you, even with 14 players in the second half. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, look, um, it was a struggle to, to get going at the start, and I think it took us until the until half time to really um, slap the goals in, but fair, fair play to them. They um, really worked hard for it. Yeah, you didn't have a game coming into this because you got mm-hmm. over Airlog in the semi-final day, the benefit of a match, and I think that kind of, you could see that in the opening 15 minutes. Yeah, like, we have a few players now under 14, 16 minors, so, you know, there was um, only a small number going training, so, you know, it was tough to um, get numbers, but um, I think we really played as a team today and got over the line, thank God. Yeah, you did, and winning an under-21 on the back of the under-16 mm-hmm. county championship from previous years, yeah. so things, there's a nice bit of momentum and a lot of good players coming through. Yeah, you know, we, we, we're such a young team, but I think, you know, everyone's so experienced, so there's a few players playing with us on the senior panel, so, you know, they really showed today. And just finally, from your own point of view, obviously a busy year ahead with Cork, and now with Morn Abbey as well, the league and the county championship coming up, but this is a nice start. Yeah, look, it's, it's great to get confidence into some players, especially playing um, under 21, so um, we'll take the win and we'll drive on for the league. Well, congratulations to everybody on the big red bench. Thanks so much, sir. Cheers. That's uh, Captain Ellie Jack there of Morn Abbey after their win today in the under-21A football championship final. Going here now from mentor Jerry O'Sullivan. Uh, Jerry O'Sullivan, hearty congratulations. County under 21A champions from Moran Abbey. What does a, a title like this mean, not just for these girls, but for the club? It means everything to us, sure, because coming up here today, we felt we had a very young team, but if we, we felt if we could compete, maybe in the first 30 minutes with Ken Meyer, we knew they'd be a bit stronger than us, that if we could take them to the second half, we might have a chance, a slight chance, but the girls have great hearts, showed great heart today, played very well, and we got it to fight goals at vital times. He held them scoreless for two quarters. That was huge, even before the red card. But towards the end, when you were tiring, you were able to dig deep and get those scores near the end. We have, well, the, for the semi-final, we felt we weren't going well. And we put in a lot of work. I know there was only a week, but we trained hard Tuesday night, Monday, Tuesday night, and I think it paid off today. The bit of a, we had the, the, the bit of strength in the body, like, you know. Right, that is Jerry O'Sullivan there speaking after uh, Morlavi's win over Glanmire. And don't forget the Women in Sport podcast every Thursday on Cork's Red FM. Go to redfm.ie. You can listen to the podcast there. Uh, Jeremy McCarthy has been putting in some excellent, excellent episodes uh, since uh, the start of the year. So be sure to check it out, redfm.ie, every Thursday at noon. Or you can download them from your podcast provider. Right, wasn't to be for Ireland last night in the Six Nations, uh, losing out... Uh, uh, to Wales uh, in the uh, RDS last night. We'll get a full-time report on that from uh, Stephen Kibsey Green. Full-time at the RDS and it's hard break for Nicola Friday and her side as Wales take home a late 27-19 victory. Ireland led for most of the game with tries to Amy Lee Murphy-Crow, Linda Dugang and Stacey Flood. However, a Donna Rose brace in the second half and a yellow card to Ema Considine on the 72nd minute put Ireland on the back foot and a last-minute try to Hannah Jones secured the win for the visitors. Ireland now face an even bigger task as they head to France for their next match in the TikTok Six Nations next week. Full-time in the RDS, Ireland 19, Wales 27. Yeah, so disappointing start for Ireland. But certainly plenty of positives to take. We're going to hear from uh, former Ireland star, two-time Six Nations winner Fiona Hayes in a bit. We're first going to hear from uh, Ireland uh, head coach Greg McWilliams uh, about his first game in charge of Ireland uh, yesterday. Yeah, um, you know, credit to Wales. I thought they uh, 
they got on top of us physically in the second half. I felt that we struggled to exit. Look, you know, the yellow card in the last 10 minutes was tough. You saw that in their last try. Our defence got, uh, got very cold uh, and very soft. Um, yeah, there's learnings for me. You know, like, I, you know, you always, as a coach, look back and see what you've done di- things differently. There's certain things I'd like to have done differently, but really proud of the players. I thought... Uh, I thought they showed excellent signs, particularly when we only had 31% of possession. I thought their defensive sets were good. Um, and uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of things there that we can, we can be proud of. I think our defensive shape was good. I think our energy to get back in the game and defend. You know, we defended for such long periods of time. It does take it out of a team. And I felt that their bench came on and added real strength and an impact. Um, and we couldn't cope with it. But again, like everything else now, as a, as a coaching group and as a player group, we got to own that performance as well. Uh, so impressed and, and proud of, of uh, the, you know, everything from the crowd to the day that we had was fantastic. But we all need to be collectively better. And um, you know, I, I think we need to be smart about how we're going to do that this week in preparation for France. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Cheers, Emma. Hi, Greg. Um, you mentioned, obviously, like in the second half, the power was a big issue and the scrum and line-outs were really dominant for Wales. Mm. How do you go about actually kind of narrowing that down in the short term? How do you go about closing that gap? Well, first, you break down the footage that we have. Uh, you make sure they come up with a, with, with a plan. Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious that uh, there's ways of counteracting them all, whether that's how you set up uh, from the line out or whether it's the actions as soon as uh, as the, the jumper hits the deck. But there's certainly areas that we'll work on around our mall defence. We, we, we have to. Those are those areas that, that was exposed. I think in the scrum as well, we'll continue to work on our scrum. I think there's been some really good uh, sessions being done by Rob. I think the scrum is going the right direction. Um, and, you know, I think you just want to get hold of the ball a bit more and, and hold on to it for longer periods because... We're trying to play a fast pace. They slowed it down a little bit. Um, and we need to just be a bit more assertive into holding on to the ball and playing the way that we want to play in attack. But really proud about what we did defensively. Yeah, and like in attack, were you, were you pleased with how clinical you were in attack? Because there were large parts of the game where you didn't really touch the ball, but you know those three tries were, were very well worked. Yeah, great. I mean, that's what we're working on. So... Like anything else, you've got a plan in place. There's times you doubt yourself, you know, like there's times for the last month I'm doubting, you know, the direction it goes in because you always do and you should, I think. And, and you want to be challenged by your coaching group and you want to be challenged by the players. So to see what I've been working on come through and it was really effective when it was on gives us enough to, to say, you know what, we're going the right direction, particularly defensively. I mean, our defensive shape, I was so happy with because it's something that we put a lot of effort into. Yeah. And like anything else, again, 31% possession, defending for long periods, tired bodies, their subs came on and were strong. They kept us in our own half. We couldn't get out of, we couldn't get out. Our exits were poor. Uh, so we'll do work around our exits and make sure we tie those up for the next game. OK, Fiona Hayes, uh, disappointment for Ireland, I suppose, yesterday losing out uh, to Wales in their opening Six Nations clash. Uh, what are your, I suppose, immediate thoughts about the game? Yeah, aftermath of the game, I was I was kind of excited for this team going forward. You know, obviously they were outmuscled by a 
very strong Welsh pack. Um, we saw a few uh, tries scored through malls and the kind of scrum, uh, the Welsh scrum dominated towards the end. But I thought uh, the platform which Ireland started the game, the skill set on show, the offloading game, the fitness of the team um, was really, really good. And, you know, this bodes well going forward. So I think it is, a, although it was a loss and, you know, obviously they would be very, very disappointed. But I think it sets a tone about where Greg, Greg Mac Williams sides are, are heading and they want to play a fast game and that will take patience by fans because it's going to take some time to get there. Yeah exactly, it's his first game in charge, I suppose it's a case of he's still getting to know the players and getting to know I suppose their strengths and weaknesses at this point Yeah that's it and you know if, you, if, you, if you're if you an outsider looking at the game you will say maybe they need to do a little bit of work around um, maybe uh, close contact carries or maybe around the poach I think there was a couple of times where they could have maybe stolen the ball from the, from the Welsh although their line speed was really really good there's a few areas they need to focus going into the French game um, next week because it was I think Ireland only had 32% uh, uh, possession which is a very very low stat and that can be quite worrying especially going into over to France to play this big massive French team Ireland beat Wales 45-0 last year this is a massive turnover for this Welsh team yeah, massive turnout, but a lot of internal stuff going on in Wales last year. You know, they weren't happy with the coaching setup. They weren't happy with the style of rugby. Um, so approximately about 16 months ago, they handed out 15 uh, contracts and we saw, um, or sorry, 12 uh, full-time contracts for professional rugby players and then kind of 12 time reta- twelve retainer ones, which means 24 of the squad in general were, were playing almost a professional style of rugby. So they worked a lot on their fitness. They got to spend the last six months together. They had a warm-up game against America as well two weeks ago against the US Eagles. And you could see in that game that they were a far different squad than the one that was in the Six Nations previous. Where do Ireland need to improve now for the next day, Fiona? First of all, I'll be getting into the <laughs> into the training ground and be working very, very hard on that mall defence. Um, they contested the line a couple of times and therefore they got caught when Wales formed the, the mall quickly. They were caught in that rolling mall. But even through the latter stages of the game, they still stay down and, and the Welsh made metres. So it's, it's a matter about getting that pack together, um, going through um, the setup, getting them in nice and quick. Because if you're a, a French coach and you watch that game, that's somewhere you would really, really attack. And it's somewhere where the French pride themselves on anyway, is their mall and their set piece. Scrum is another area. And maybe have a look at that breakdown work when the post is on. I, I spoke kind of that their defence was really good at times, mm-hmm. but it could have even been better if they if they had turned over a few of those French or Welsh balls at a rock time. Uh, a lot of positives to take as well, I suppose, off the field, Fiona. There's been a, a great buzz around the search team and this women's Six Nations. The TikTok sponsorship has really um, put the the, the, the the tournament into the spotlight. And a big crowd at the at the game as well. Yes, the over six thousand, which is great to see. Yeah, it was brilliant to see. I was at the game yesterday and, it, you know, even when I saw the 6,000, I actually felt like there was more there. The 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 crowd really got behind the team. The weather was really good. The first half, the the skills was exciting. There was offloads. It was, it was just really, really good rugby. And to have it in a separate window 
um, for the men's yeah. game means that people were able to get out that are just rugby supporters that want to see both teams. I know people struggled in the past to get to the 20s maybe and the men's and the women's all in the one weekend and we saw the benefits as well of the TikTok sponsorship. You know, there was full broadcasting rights and everything was really, really professionally done and it was just an excellent setup for this team. Certainly was. I suppose the thing now for this Irish team is, and I suppose for the supporters watching on, is patience. This is kind of a rebuilding project for Greg McWilliams and it's going to take a bit of time. Yeah, that's it. If you look at the scoreline, you know, and you didn't watch the game, you might think, oh God, that's terrible. Uh, or you didn't understand rugby. You know, they lost 45 or they won 45 nil over in Wales. But but that's not it. Wales are going to a World Cup. They, they, they now are professional athletes. They've really put the time in for the, the last six months. And Ireland are starting to build this now. Um, we see a lot of sevens players in there, obviously full-time athletes. So it's trying to, Greg is trying to find that balance with the players that maybe are working on the side as well. And we can see, you know, it's 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 really going to pay off because the skills have come up massively. I think in the last Six Nations and especially in the qualifying campaign, skills under pressure was 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 not working for the Irish team. They were too flat at times, and there was a lot of knock-ons. I saw a very different, exciting team out there, and I saw people playing rugby with a smile on their face. So it's just patience he needs to find his way maybe maybe we might need a little bit more bulk in the pack he needs to look at that um he likes to play fast style of rugby but um he's probably going to stick with that and and just getting these uh players working on their detail in and around the rock scrum and uh, line out area excellent fiona as always a pleasure thanks for joining us on the bench no worries rory thanks emil Two times Six Nations winner there, Fiona Hayes. Always a pleasure to have Fiona on the big red bench. And a disappointing result for Ireland yesterday against Wales. But as Fiona said, certainly positives to take. And uh, it's going to be very, very interesting now. And uh, a big game for Ireland uh, next week, uh, heading over uh, to face France in uh, the uh, Six Nations uh, next uh, Saturday at 2 o'clock, or 2.15 kickoff for that one, France, that big win today uh, over Italy. So it'll be a big, big test for Greg McWilliams and his side. Going to wrap up the show, a young Cork boxer making his pro debut right here on the side next week. Three-time national champion Tommy Hyde fighting in the parochial hall for his first ever pro match. I call Tommy up to chat about his career to date, plans for the pro ranks and more. So I started boxing when I was about seven or eight years of age, I'd say. My dad was actually helping out with a white-collar boxing show, but he boxed himself, obviously, but... I went to I, I went to the gym with him then, and I just kind of started training there. And I was going to all the pro shows, and then watching Bernard Dunn and Paul McCluskey and all them big shows, and I just fell in love with it then. Like, and what club were you at then, and how did you kind of progress? I started off with Sunnyside in the pro hall, and that's actually where I'm having the day, you know. So I started I started boxing up there when I was about seven or eight, uh, up in the pro hall, yeah. Fantastic. And what, what, was, what was it about boxing, I suppose? I know your dad was involved and I suppose it was in the blood, I guess. But I mean, like, what was it about boxing for you that kind of stuck with you and kind of encouraged you to keep going? Yeah, uh, like you said, no, my, my dad and then there was my granddad. My, I was named after my great-granduncle, Tommy Hides. So I was named after him and I just hearing the stories about all them fighting. And then when I went to the fights myself and just the atmosphere of that, that's, that's kind of what drew me to it. Then the atmosphere and seeing the big crowds and all that. You've had an incredible amateur career, Tommy. Can you talk us through it? Yeah, I've had about 100 fights. I fought all over the world. South Africa, Germany, America, Canada. So I boxed for Ireland and a few national titles and stuff. So the goal was always to turn professional, but it would have been great to go to the Olympics 
on the way, like would have got my name out there quicker, mm. but uh, that wasn't to be. So, and we go now. Yeah, and you are turning professional, turning professional in Cork under your dad's uh, Nor to Hide banner as well, which is uh, fantastic. Fantastic to have your dad promoting your first fight. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's great to have my dad involved in. He's after bringing me all over the world when, with all, with the other fighters he had. And after being, he's after bringing me everywhere with him. So it's great to be doing it with him now. And it's it's my turn now to to bring him around the world. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So I remember um, going to your dad's cards in City Hall with the likes of Billy Walsh and stuff years ago. Now that was, that was a long time ago. Like, yeah. That was uh, 2007, I think, with Billy Walsh in the City Hall. Mm. And then he had a few shows in Silver Springs and, and uh, Neptune Stadium as well. So I'm after being at all them. So that's that's why that's what's after making me hooked on boxing. Like, How has training gone for this fight, Tommy? Brilliant. I went, over to, I went over to Springfield in Massachusetts in January. And I did seven weeks over there sparing the best in the world. Sparing the, the number one in the USA and then the world champion Demetrius Andre, three weight world champion, and uh, doing great, like learning all the time. And th- the last three weeks now, I've been at home training, finishing off training camp. So th- today, I know, was my last hard session. So just recovering over the week and get ready for the big night. All the hard work is done, so essentially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All the hard work is done now, just ready to go. And training under Hector Bermudez over there, a guy who's trained some top class boxers. Yeah, Hector trained. He's like five or six world champions. Our own TJ Danny from Port Leash. He's after training the best of them, so I'm learning from the best there. Like, who are you fighting next week, Tommy? Tell us about him. I'm fighting a fella called Angel Saro from Argentina. He's three wins and one loss. So I watched a bit of tape on him. So I'm looking forward to getting my hands on him. <laughs> yeah, you're the kind of fighter who kind of um, analyzes your opponent like in depth. Are you just happy to go with your own skills and kind of be confident enough in your own ability that you don't really need to, I suppose, analyze your opponent? Uh, just go with the flow because with the amateurs, you you don't really know who you're going to be fighting. You you're only told the day of the fight, so you're just I'm kind of used to just showing up and seeing who's there. You kind of know what, you'd suss them out in the first few few seconds anyway. How would you describe yourself as a fighter, Tommy? Uh, I'm I'm an exciting boxer. I have an exciting style. And I'm always coming to put on the show and I'm coming for knockouts. Like, that's what I want. I want the knockouts and the, the big finishes. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. You've obviously, I suppose, thought about your career in depth to, to, to get to this point. I mean, like, what are your aims in the sport, Tommy? Uh, since I started, I'm, I want to be world champion. That's, that hasn't changed. Like, So I just want to be bringing big fights to Cork and b- big nights to Cork and uh, just world champion. I want to bring titles back to Cork. And uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> world champion. <laughs> that's it. It's simple as that. I want to be the world champion. Yeah. I like it. You've obviously sat down with your dad and I suppose planned out your career a bit, I'd imagine, at this stage of him. Yeah. We just want to stay busy, you know, get as many fights as we can. And uh, hopefully four or five fights in Cork every year and just keep building and building and keep getting improving and getting better. Exactly, yeah. And fighting in parochial hall as well, as you mentioned, it's where you started. There's a lovely kind of synergy to that, a kind of a lovely kind of symmetry to, to where you started now having your first pro fight. Yeah, so I started there 13 years ago, about 13, 14 years ago, I started boxing up there, and uh, it's only downstairs now I'm making the pro debut, so we'd be warming up in the gym I started in, and it's just unreal, unreal. It's going to be an incredible moment when you walk out in front of a, a packed parochial hall and everyone there to see you, I'd imagine. Yeah, we sold out, we sold out over a thousand tickets in like six days, and we got a, be- a bigger uh, venue then in the parochial hall, so there's still, there's not even that many tickets left so it's going to sell out again 
And uh, just I'm after getting unbelievable support from everyone in Cork, our own Baron had the ones. Everyone up there is after showing me unbelievable support and all around Cork and Ireland, even there's people travelling from Munster and up the country and all just to come 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 to the fight like unreal support it's going to be an incredible night Tommy I'm not going to wish you luck buddy because you don't need it but look forward to watching your career uh, as you progress down the professional ranks thanks a million Rory yeah it was a pleasure to talk to Tommy and as I said not going to wish him well um, he doesn't need it uh, Tommy Hyde fighting in parochial hall next Saturday evening on his pro debut really looking forward to watching his career over the next few years but that is it from us for the Big Red Bench thank you very much indeed for tuning our way on this Sunday evening podcast online shortly redfm.ie and from wherever you get your podcast basically we are back next Saturday at 6pm follow us on Twitter on Instagram on Facebook just look for at Big Red Bench and uh, we will uh, you'll find us there Mags Blackburn's up next with three hours of the best Irish music and green on red enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening folks The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM